It's time for the show that everyone knows. It's time for the Green Side Up Show. All right, welcome back to the show. This is episode two. We're going to talk about some pretty cool stuff today. Max, what do we have on the docket? Well, we're going to be uh, talking about a couple different things. We're going to be talking about uh, the different kinds of mountain biking, McDonald's Coke. We're going to review a concealed carry holster for handguns by the amazing company called Stealth Gear. We're going to catch up for real with a longtime family friend, Dr. Peter Vakeman, and uh, we might uh, we might uh, talk condiments a little bit. There will be ranting on condiments. We have very strong opinions on condiments and the because we like food. The evolution of some and the slow progression of others. Let's just put it that way. Alrighty. Okay, so. What would you like? What things do you think people would like to know for today? Well, first of all, I think people would like to know that this is the Green Side Up Show. This is the Green Side Up Show, and we are a show that is based on life, adventure, and sports. And sports, absolutely. So, welcome to the Green Side Up Show. I am Max Field, and I am Jerry G Beck, and we are going to right now tell you that of some things that we think people would like to know. First of all. I would like to start off this segment because I used to be pretty good friends. Well, not used to be. I still am. I just don't see him as often as I used to. Um, and he was a manager, uh, not necessarily a manager. He was worked directly with the owner of six McDonald's, and he uh, he was director of operations for six McDonald's. Yeah, so. He had a lot of good inside information. And one day we were uh, on a camping trip and I said, you know, what's up with McDonald's Coke? Why does it taste so good? And he proceeded to, uh, he didn't divulge any trade secrets or anything, but he went on to tell me that Coca-Cola actually has its own formula that they give to McDonald's. So when you go to a McDonald's, that is its very own specific recipe of Coke. And that's why no matter where you go, whatever McDonald's you go into, the Coke is always the same. Well, and I think it has to do with the ratios in which they do the syrup to the water and the temperature at which it's at. But all that is highly regulated. Like they have developed their own system. system. They have a system for everything. Yeah, just look at the way you eat pancakes. How does he eat pancakes? Mm-hmm. I have a system so the top pancake gets as much syrup as the bottom one. Anyway, uh, yeah, so they have a very distinct system in the way that they create their Coke at every single McDonald's, and that way that uh, it always tastes exactly the same. Okay. Is that it? That's it. That's all I got. All right. One thing I think people would like to know is I'm really into mountain biking, and when I got serious – about mountain biking and, you know, uh, started looking at bikes that cost as much as uh, used cars. Uh, or, or more. Or, or more, depending on the person. But uh, when I got serious about it, I learned that there are so many different forms of this sport. It's not just mountain biking. Oh, you like mountain biking? Yeah, that that's, hey, that's very general. Hey, do you mountain bike? Yes, very general. Do you own a mountain bike? Yes. These are all questions people ask. Very but, general. But 
And unless somebody mountain bikes actually does it as a practice, they kind of know which category they fit into. Are you a race car driver? <laughs> Would be a similar question. Yes. So these categories, I'm going to break them down real fast. The kind that you usually watch on TV are mostly downhill because that's pretty fun to watch. You know, guys jumping and going crazy fast. Going Mach 5 through the forest is insane. It's a lot harder than it looks on those videos. Yes. Um, And they jump rocks like it's nobody's business. Well, they hit rocks like they're nobody's business. The the amazing thing with some of these mountain bikes is that you literally can hit a a rock and not feel it. Well, you do have like 10 10 inches of travel. Well, it's close to a motorcycle. It is a motorcycle with pedals. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a manual motorcycle. <laughs> sure, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> Watch these guys do those tricks. I ride, Anyways, I ride one of those self-propelled motorcycles. So, so downhill is uh, televised a little bit. The the next category that's sort of downhill, but you do have to do a lot of uh, pedaling up the hill as well. Is called enduro. They have these races where they they only do your time. While you're going down these certain sections, but you have to actually Climb know, back pedal up. all the 20 miles or whatever the race is, but you're only timed from the downhill sections. Now there is a limit, like in the Ironman and those types of triathlons, where if you can't make it to the next checkpoint right. in a certain amount of time, then you you're just eliminated. You're eliminated. But uh, enduro. So there's downhill enduro. Uh, the next family is kind of a newer one. It's called free ride, and it's like a gigantic BMX bicycle, and they go off these jumps like snowboarders do. Basically, they've uh, turned a mountain into a skate park. Yes, it's slope style. Slope style. And this is a free ride event, and you know they do crazy seven twenties. Yeah, I don't know if crazy does that justice. No. So my my comment to that is that there was a a, a famous skier once asked. Uh, they were asking, they were interviewing his buddy, and his buddy said, uh, this was about Tanner Hall, and they said, I don't know if Tanner realizes where video games end and reality begins. And sometimes I watch these free ride mountain bike guys, and they definitely have that problem where they don't realize that they're not in a video game. This is true. I've seen them, I've seen enough of them now that it is crazy. And they, they're just happy that they're doing tricks. Like, it's, always, it's crazy. I always think, like, you just didn't do that the first time you tried. Like, no, they wreck. And they're injured. Well, the one guy said, you know, we're not like soccer players. He's like, we fake it when we're, we're fake it when we're hurt and we act like we're not. And, you know, soccer players always fake that they get hurt. Yeah, they so they get the flop. penalty. Yeah. They're a reverse flopper. Mountain bikers are reverse floppers. They're actually, like, jacked up, but they're like, yeah, dude, that was great. That was great. They're stoked. Oh, yeah. So there's free ride. And then there's a cross-country style where the tires are gigantic. Uh, they don't have as, as much uh, shocks. The amount of give in their shocks is, is stiffer. Their idea is to go as far as they can, as fast as they can. Gotcha. So with us living in Utah, we are obviously very close to a lot of different types of mountain biking. Give us some... Uh, options of like okay I want to go I want to be a free rider or I want to be a downhiller or I want to go on a cross country ride give me a few places these our listeners could go to uh, participate in these different types of of mountain biking here locally in Utah 
Well, cross country, probably the best area right now in my brain is over on a mountain called Glen Wild. Okay. They have like a 30-some-odd-mile loop uh, that, that you could ride, and it's pretty much a... And, you know, an up and down, pretty good climb up to uh, one of the peaks. It's it's probably what I would consider a cross-country type trail. Other than that, just get on your bike at your house and start riding. Yes. And try to find a trail to go up. Yeah. Okay. Many, and as far as miles is the, you want to accumulate miles. It's almost like uh, road cycling. Okay. All right. And then free riding, I, I don't know if we have a real strong free riding area. There's a couple little... Uh, parks up near Park City that you can go play on, but nothing like you would see on these events that Red Bull publishes or, you know, that are on TV on a regular basis. Um, and in Enduro, there's, I think there's one Enduro race that comes through Utah and it has a, a, uh, what's like track the uh, Terra series? Do they still do that? Does Xterra still do their challenge series and stuff like that? I, th- I think that's a, cross country. Cross country and then a, a trail run and then a, a swim. I know that up in Snow Basin that they've done that in years. Like a past. mountain triathlon. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly what it's like. Anyways, those are the those are the main categories for mountain biking. Uh, obviously, if you live near a trail, uh, the trail that I live near is basically an old Jeep trail. My friends that are a little bit snobby. Uh, it's, you know, not a good enough trail for them to go ride. I will go ride it just for, for exercise and practice. Isn't it funny how every kind of niche sport or outdoor sport has an elitist group? Like, oh, I'm not going to ride that trailer. That's uh, not a single track. Oh, you, you climb where? Oh, yeah, the bouldering there is so bad. Like, dude, you're not at work. Yeah. Like, any... Any crappy day of doing whatever is beats a good day at work. So if you can get on your bike and go find a trail, good for you. Yeah. That's what I say. Okay, so uh, pick up some Coke at McDonald's on your way to riding your mountain bike somewhere. And then if you're into your mountain bike, you'll you'll learn which category you fit into. Absolutely. So we're going to go – we're going to transition into uh, our next segment now. Now, this, this is a segment, uh, if this is your first time listening to our podcast, this is a segment that we've created to uh, bring out the inner movie geek in us. And we're catching up for real. That's our little uh, homemade take on the intro to this segment. Right. So anyway, this segment, we're going to actually uh, catch up with an old family friend. I received a phone call the other day about uh, a safety inspection. For those that know me, I am in the safety world. I'm a, a safety consultant. I'm a safety officer. I uh, I know various crazy things that most people don't know about workplace safety. From the government? From the government, yeah. So this particular inspection was going to be uh, performed by the EPA, and our friend, our good family friend... At the storage facility? Yes, Dr. Vickman was going to have the EPA inspect the storage facility that uh, is at his office. And he called me and said, hey, Jake, I know that you're, you know, you're involved in safety and occupational health and safety. Uh, could you please meet me at the storage facility? And we will, 
I would like you to be present when Walter Peck, the EPA inspector, shows up to make sure that he's not trying to do anything above and beyond his his reach. And so I showed up, and uh, you know, Walter, Mr. Peck from the EPA was a, a real dirtbag. He was is trying to you know, bully his way into seeing the storage facility. He didn't have any kind of warrant or probable cause. There was no uh, environmental damage that was being done for this for this particular storage facility. And uh, we were able to, I was able to catch up with uh, Dr. What, Vakeman after that. What was in the storage facility? Oh, you know, various, various things that, uh, well, I, I can't give away too much of what Dr. Vakeman does. I've signed some uh, confidentiality agreements, some some things like that, to where I can't really divulge what goes on at the storage facility. But you know, after the inspection with Walter, Pe after Mr. Peck left, uh, me and Dr. Vakeman, uh, Peter, we, he's Peter, um, we uh, we had a chance to kind of catch up, and he asked how mom and dad were doing, and I told him good, and and uh, you know, it's just kind of interesting to see what he's been doing since uh, he left the neighborhood. You didn't see any Class 3 Phantoms? Not at the storage facility, but uh, Peter could tell you all sorts of stories about Class 3 Phantoms. Do they, do they damage kitchens? Yes, they're very nasty. They're very nasty. Uh, the one thing that uh, I always remember as a kid, and I told him this, I said, man, do you remember all those like crazy tests you used to put us through? Like You'd hook us up to those like shockers. We're paying you, aren't we? And he would always say that. He'd be like, we're paying you, aren't we? You volunteered. You chose to be here. <laughs> you volunteered, didn't you? It's like, yo, dude, uh, mom and dad just told me I could earn some extra cash coming up here and Trying to guess if it was stupid a couple, shock couple, therapy, a couple wavy lines, or you know, a circle or a star. <laughs> Gosh, man. Um, yeah. So anyway, it was always always an adventure. Anytime mom and dad would be like, "Hey, uh, Dr. Vakeman called. He's he's running a new study. Would you like to go up to his office and uh, was participate?" He, was he still with the lady that played the violin or the cello or what did she play? Oh, what she was she was in the she was in the symphony and. Uh, I, oh man, I can't remember her her name exactly. I think it was Susan. Su was it Susan? No, no, it was not Susan. But yeah, no, I don't think so. He didn't he didn't mention anything um, about her. Uh, he did say he's still seen uh, uh, Uncle Ray. Is really who he called him, and uh, he he still st stays in touch with 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 Ray Stance. And uh, he still stays in touch with him pretty much. But, oh, it was, Di it was, it was Dana. Dana. Dana Barrett. Not Susan. Dar Dana Barrett. Dana now, Barrett. I remember one time I was at a study with, with Peter, and he had to run over to Dana's apartment. Did you ever go? Did, did you ever go go with him on those adventures? I never made it. So he had this crazy, she had this crazy name, neighbor named Stuart Tully. And he was this little dude, and anytime you walked into the building in the hall to go down to Dana's apartment, he would always pop out and be like, hey, what are you doing? Or be like, uh, just going to see Dana. He had, like, radar? Yeah, dude, he had building radar. He was, that, he was that building tenant that always was either complaining about, you know, oh, I'm going to tell the superintendent, <laughs> you know, like, oh, we're not supposed to have cats in the building. There's not supposed to be any dogs. Rule follower. Yeah, he was totally rule follower. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to bring this up at our next meeting. Superintendent's going to be pissed. I mean, I, <laughs> he always would say stuff like that all the time. So anyway, no, I don't, I don't think he, uh, he didn't, he didn't mention Dana being around, but I'm sure she's still playing her, uh, she was a cellist, right? 
I can't she remember if it was the cello. cello or the violin. She was the best in her row. I remember that. I think it was the violin. No, she was. It was the cello. No, her boyfriend. Her 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 boyfriend. She was two timing with Peter. <laughs> her boyfriend. Peter. Her boyfriend was the one that played the cello, right? Uh, yeah. No, no, I, I don't. I can't remember. I know she was in the symphony, and we used to go, and he used to get his tickets and I, stuff like that. I heard she dressed up like a a dog. And came running out of her apartment. Well, that was I think that was fabricated by Tully for sure. Oh, that was a Tully story. Yeah, I don't I don't know. There there was some there's some, you know. Who, hey, pooch! Maybe I get you a milk bone. Bone, good doggy. Yeah, dude, that dude was afraid of dogs straight up. That's why he wanted the cat. Was he an accountant? I think he was. Yeah. Yeah, he. He was always throwing parties, telling you how you could write stuff off. Yeah, client parties, so he could write it off. Right. Yeah. He, he didn't have friends. No, he had clients. He had clients. Louis Tully. Uh, what a what a tool. Uh, <laughs> but no, uh, Dr. Vakeman's doing good. Uh, he's staying busy with his research, and uh, you know, it was just it was it was it was a great time to be able to get called and be able to go help him out. Um, you know. So anyway, there we go. Does Does he currently hold stock in the Stay Puff? The marshmallows? The marshmallow company. I don't I don't know. I mean, I, we know that the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, he's a sailor, and he's mm-hmm. in New York. And he's the most harmless thing you could think of. <laughs> we just need to show this guy a good time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the one guy he didn't really mention, I don't know what ever happened to, to Egon, uh, Dr. Spangler. I don't know where he eventually well, ended up with. He got stuck with his, his specimens and live samples. He was always... Man, anytime we would go anywhere with that guy, he'd always have like a petri dish. Live know? actual contact. This is great. Hey, he'd always. Hey, hey give me a give sample. me a sample. Give me a sample of that. It's like, dude, yeah, you have to carry around a bag, a satchel. You'd have to carry around a satchel if you went in. Not a lot. Not a lot. With uh, with with Egon, but uh, you know, a couple bright. I mean. Very bright minds. It was. Uh, I learned a lot, you know, through all those crazy tests that we used to go do with Peter Vickman. Well, that's good. We love we love uh, Doctor Vickman, and uh, glad he's doing well. Yeah, glad his storage facility is okay. Storage facility is intact. Do you know the magic word? Uh, what is the magic word, Doctor Vickman? May I please see the storage facility? That's all he had to ask. That's all he had to ask. What a peck. <laughs> he was a peck. All right, what's the mini rant for today? Halftime mini rant brought to you in parts by Safety Trucks, providing you with high-quality safety supplies for less. S-A-F-E-T-Y-T-R-U-X dot com. All right, my halftime mini rant is going to be about pickles. Now, What about pickles? I like pickles. I like eating pickles. I like pickles. Dill, sweet. Dill, sweet, spicy. I like them all, but I have grown tired of them being on my burgers and on my sandwiches. Because I feel like when I bite into a sandwich or a hamburger, that's all I taste is pickle. I lose the flavor of the sandwich. I lose the flavor of the burger. Uh, you know what? Give me a side. Give me a pickle spear, and we'll call it good. But for right now, brown side down on pickles. Brown side down on pickles. All right, I'm gonna continue with the condiment. Also, mine is ketchup. What in the world is now, the is, deal with is, ketchup? Do you like ketchup? Ketchup, ketchup, I don't care. It's all bad. It's all tomatoes it's and sugar. It's all gross. Okay, these kids today, and even some adults, will slather their food in this nasty sauce. What about ranch? 
Ranch is okay. So you can slather stuff in ranch, just not ketchup. Yeah, but we have evolved in our sauce-making skills as a society. I feel the same way about mustard. And I feel like that if you're going to flavor your food, oh, excuse me, it's that ketchup coming back up. Tomatoes and sugar. Oh, it's gross. Anyways, if you're going to flavor your food, we have plenty, a plethora of choices. Jefe, would you say I have a plethora of piñatas? Yeah, yeah, you have a plethora. Do you know what the word plethora means? I am not of your superior intellect and knowledge. Jefe, why would you tell me I had a plethora of something when you yourself do not know what the word plethora means? All right, you digress. Anyway, we have a plethora of choices to choose from when we're saucing our food. And I myself do not care for tons of sauce. But if you are going to choose a sauce, please choose something other than ketchup. So my brown side down is ketchup. All right. All right. Moving right along into our second half, we're going to cover... Outside the box. Outside the box. We're going to talk about baseball and relegation and promotion. And we're also going to get into the Stealth Gear Onyx and the Stealth Gear Inside the Waistband Appendix Holsters. Let's talk about the holster first because I feel like when we get into the relegation, it's going to be like serious, deep. Yeah, I might just derail. So Stealth Gear's up stealth so, gear, so stealth, we can get that, get that done. Stealth Gear USA... Local company here in Utah, they are becoming widely, widely known for the amazing quality holsters that they create. And if any of you are out there listening and you are a concealed carry uh, citizen or you are a, a, a firearms enthusiast that goes out on the weekends, Stealth Gear really, really, really deserves your attention. They are made here in American Fork, Utah. They have a patent pending material called their... It's it's breathable material and it's it's amazing that's what goes that's see i'm not i'm not into this world like uh my brother is however that's the piece of the holster that goes in between your gun and your body right yeah so they have their because there's a kydex that goes on top it's called corvent corvent um corvent material that sits next to your body and then your firearm and then your kydex sheath that would uh, that is form fitted to your specific firearm that then holds it in together. And when you go into this process of buying a concealed carry holster, what are you looking for? Well, it depends on. First of all, it depends on the size of your firearm, uh, how and where you're going to wear your firearm. Uh, okay, so let's say I'm going with a nine millimeter. Okay, any nine millimeter. Are you going uh, compact? Subcompact or regular, full size. How call it subcompact? Sub can't they just call compact no. normal size and big? No, you got compact, which uh, with you know it's compact. It's not a full size handgun, okay? And then you have a subcompact that's smaller than the compact. How many how many bullets do these subcompacts carry? Subcompacts anywhere to six to ten, depending on your model. And then a compact, uh, twelve to fifteen. And a regular size, uh. Upwards 17, 19. Okay. Depending on make, model, and... So these are the lingos that I need to know? Yeah, they're definitely the lingos. I carry a compact. Okay. So let's say I have a 9mm compact. Yes. That's what you have? Yeah, that's what I have. Okay, so the, what are we going... What are we Now what are we looking for? Where am I going to carry? Where are you carrying it on by? You're going to carry it... Uh, in my shoulder? 
Okay, in my first, armpit? Okay, first of all, you're, if I ever catch you sh wearing a shoulder holster, we will have some issues. Because I'm goes, not... That the, goes into my... That because I'm not in the bureau? Even if you're in the bureau, you should not be wearing a shoulder holster. Uh, for it, Just, I'm not a fan of shoulder holsters. Uh, you're either going to be wearing it at uh, 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock on your strong side, or you're going to be carrying it in your appendix. Strong side means like if I'm left-handed, it's on the left. Yes. And if I'm right-handed, it's three o'clock on my right. Right. Okay. Twelve o'clock's belly button. Okay. You work your way around the clock. So nine o'clock if I'm left-handed. Yes. Okay. Yeah, if you're left-handed, be like nine o'clock position. Okay. Um, and then right-handed, it would be you know like three o'clock, four four o'clock, four thirty. Um, towards the back. Towards the back. So your back and your back back is like six o'clock, and there's people I know that carry. At six o'clock. Okay. Is there pros and cons to being in the back of you versus at, at how do you care if you're a male? How do you carry at twelve o'clock? It's very it's very interesting. Uh, you would be fascinated how comfortable carrying your firearm up front can be. Okay. Now, there's a lot of people that there's disadvantage advantages and disadvantages. There's safety concerns. You know, a lot of people think that you're going to shoot yourself. Uh, you're going to shoot your legs. I wouldn't want to shoot um, myself at 12 o'clock. No, we don't want to shoot ourselves at 12 o'clock. Um, but anyway, you just have to you do do your research. Uh, we could do a whole show on carry methods if if you wanted, but that's not the point of this segment. We're okay. So I'm sorry. I just want to make sure I understand what you're getting into. Yeah. So we're going to get into uh, if you go to Corvent, Corvent Gun Kydex. Yeah. 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 Three o'clock. Three o'clock. Uh, if you go to stealthgearusa.com, they you can you can browse their website obviously to see if they carry your make and model. They virtually can make any any gun model. So if you we will provide that link via Twitter, social media, right, follow and, that link and on in the comment section. And you can hit you know shop and, and go go about it. I've uh, I've bought several holsters from them. And like I said, if you're a prof if you're a, a business professional or somebody that is in that uh, world where you need to make sure that you have a, a comfortable holster that doesn't make any noise day in and day out, then Stealth Gear USA is absolutely your holster option. They're comfortable. I've taken car trips up to 10 hours with these holsters, and they're amazing to, to, to wear. They breathe. You don't you know, get that sweat. You don't get that uh, you know, uncomfortable feeling that you do with uh, maybe some straight Kydex holsters or with leather. Um, but I, I would highly recommend taking a look at these guys for sure. Cool. Anything else they need to know about Stealth Gear? No. Just check them out. Plan on spending anywhere between uh, 85 and $105. All right. There is our What the Frig Is This? What the Frig Is This? The best, most comfortable holster you'll wear. All right. So now we're going to get into the Outside the Box segment. And Welcome to Outside the Box. The Box, the Box, the Box. So, in our first episode, we argued and discussed about football versus football versus soccer versus Australian rules football. We had a pretty good discussion. So, if you missed that, that was an excellent segment. Yep. And uh, you can download that segment or you can just go listen to the, the episode one in its entirety. There you go. Now, today we're going to talk about America's pastime. and It's almost past its time, that's for sure. <laughs> All right. If they don't do something quick, it's going to be gone. Yeah. Well, 
we're going to tell baseball about relegation and how it's going to benefit their sport. And promotion. Yeah, relegation and promotion. Most of the time you why just you, call it relegation. Why, why don't you enlighten our listeners who are not familiar with these terms on the form of relegation what, what it, the, what it is. The premise of what it yeah. is. All right. Relegation is a soccer term. And in Europe, in the other leagues in the world, uh, they have their best leagues. Uh, some They have various names. Uh, we're just going to talk about uh, English football Premier League. So in the Premier League, there's... Uh, hold on. I think there's 20 teams. Yeah, there's 20. So there's 20 teams, and every year... At the end of the year, three of those teams get sent down to the lower league. In this case, it's called the Championship League. And three teams from the Championship League at the top, the first one gets an automatic bid, and then there's a like a mini tournament playoff for the other two. Playoffs! Playoffs! Talking about playoffs? So these three teams get promoted up into the Premier League. And the the TV money alone, once you get promoted into the Premier League, is is worth like 60 to 80 million pounds. So convert whatever that is into dollars. It's a significant yeah. sum of money. So, okay, so say you're the top team in the Champions League. Championship League. Championship League. League. You get promoted to the Premier League. What are the, what are, what are what's the turnaround? Like is that guy going to finish last and then have to just go back down to the championship league? In some cases, that does happen. It just flip-flop every year? Well, no, not necessarily. I mean, um, I don't remember who got relegated last season, but I know that there was uh, Watford and Hull City and Burnley who have been promoted from the championship flight up into the Premier League in recent years. And they've stayed multiple years. And the the most impressive story is a team called Leicester City, who they got promoted the year before last, and then last year they won the Premier League table. And they're still in the Premier League. They're still in the Premier League. Currently they sit 11th. 11th on the table. Okay. So, again, now, this isn't a Premier League segment, so, you know, don't turn us off quite yet. We're going to talk about... How, no, that's just the, how you. This is how you can understand what pro, sure. uh, relegation yeah, and promotion is. Yeah, we just want to make sure that you know when we start talking about how we think this concept could alter Major League Baseball, we want to make sure everybody understands kind of the concept of relegation and promotion. Because how many teams are there currently? There's probably 32. Let me check. So there's 32 teams, and there's two leagues. There's an American League, and there's a National League. Now. If you did the same thing that the Premier League and the Championship League did, where the top three from the bottom tier got promoted and the bottom three of the top tier got relegated, how is that going to change Major League Baseball, in your opinion? It would change it significantly in at the end of the season. So at the end of the season, this season... The teams that are extremely brutal are Oakland, Minnesota, Tampa Bay. Now, there's one team that's like 35 games out of first place in their division. This isn't in the league. This is in the division. Yeah, it's, well, San San Diego, Cincinnati is really bad. Atlanta's really bad. So there's the Cubs. Who's in the, who's? Minnesota's the team you're thinking. They're 27 and a half games back 
from the wild card. 34 and a half games back from, from first. From first. In their division. In their division. Not even the league. Yes. Tampa Bay is 23 and a half games back. That's, I mean, currently. It's just ridiculous. At the time of this recording. So, what we're saying is that you break it up. You say, okay, all those that are in the National League, for instance, you are the top tier. We're going to put all the best teams in the National League. In the American League, you're going to be the sub-rate teams. You're going to be the Cincinnati. You're going to be the championship and, flight. Yeah, you're going to be the championship flight. You're going to be Cincinnati, Minnesota. Uh, I would assume that the White Sox, the, White Sox, the Angels, the, right now. Yeah, if we were going to do it right now, yeah, the, the you're all, Phillies. You're all going to be in the the American League. So literally, this is the perfect season to say, look, there's really two leagues in this in the major. There's really two tiers. Yeah, because the other team, there's you know. The Cubs, the Cardinals, and the Pirates are all within four and a half games. Of each other. Yes. Yeah. And I'm sure in the the, the, the American League, you know, Boston and who else? Boston and Toronto. Are, that's a five and a half game separation. The American League's a little bit more separated. The leaders are significant leaders. Five and a half's the closest. Then it goes seven, and then it goes nine. Yeah. But anyway, the, the point is, is that who's going to watch a Minnesota Twins game right now? So it, it's just... Now, parents of the players are watching. If he even still plays for the Twins, I I don't even know. And that's the point we're trying to make. As big as a baseball fans as we used to be, it is so brutally long and uninteresting most of the time that we don't even pay attention. So let's see here. I'm going to say... When the bottom, when when Minnesota goes for a four-game homestand at Oakland, at Oakland, who's watching that game? The parents. Yeah, not very many people. Now, now, if that game and the, de- and the wives and girlfriends. Right now, if that game determined whether or not Oakland or Minnesota was promoted to the upper deck, the upper the the, the top, national the, the top echelon yeah. league, then the how many, Premier League, then how many people are going to be watching on TV? A lot, a lot. I don't know if they'd show up to the stadium. Especially probably the fair weather fans because now they have a rooting interest. They got to see who's going to make it. They got to see if their team's going to be promoted because if their team gets promoted, that just might mean that they can sign an extra contract or two to get the missing pieces to make them a better team. Yep. This this is the perfect example. Baseball is the perfect example of how America should implement relegation and promotion. Because baseball has so many teams, so many Levels. Well, and they play forever. Long games. Long games. Uh, if they went to a, a, a promotion relegation system, the the season could almost be cut in half, right? Well, you don't want. I mean, because you could play every team what four times, three times, whatever. Well, there's 15 teams in each league, so uh, if you do, play you want it? Four, are you, okay, time, are you, 14 times whatever. Are you in favor of 163 games? Do you think that's like needed? I don't think that it's needed. The players certainly don't want to play that many games. So 163 divided by 14. You'd play each team 11 and 11 a half and times? You don't need to play everybody 11 and a half times. Let's say 9. 14 okay, so times 9. 14 times 9 gets you to 126. And that's a Perfect. Pretty, that's a pretty popular number. That's around where people think that it around should be. Around where people think it should be. You can start... You could start at the same time and end before football season, and uh, you know, kind of keep your uh, keep the attention of your fans before the NFL starts and everybody starts. You don't like you know, to play in the snow. This is a different outside the box topic, but I believe the World Series should be destination based. Just my opinion. I agree with that one. But no, I don't think you should be playing in Boston in November. Period. That's just dumb. 
especially when you could go to Texas or Florida or California or go play in a dome somewhere and have all of your fans travel and you know create, make an event out of an, it. Make an event out of it. You could sell a seven game series package that where you bought all seven tickets and what about what about all the ha- would you try and cram all seven games in like ten days? Yeah, yeah. It, there's no travel, so you could play that. And I don't want to hear about pitchers and you got to keep them spate. No bull crap. Man up, screw the pitch counts, and let's go. Let's see who's going to win a seven-game series. With their fifth best pitcher. Who cares? Who cares? That's an outside the box. Why can't? That's thinking why, outside the why box. Would they, why, would, why would their fifth-place pitcher be pitching? Well, you you got to have enough time in between starts for your number one starter. No, 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 no. You don't. You've been brainwashed to think you do. We managed pitch counts. We managed these guys like they're, they're toy poodles. So my number one starter is only going to throw five innings and then throw I don't four, care. four days you later? You play to win the game. Every baseball tournament that we went to as kids was... What did you say? You play to win this game. So you can, so play you can make the, it to the next you game? You worry about the next game next. Tomorrow? Tomorrow. And guess what? If you want to win, have your best pitcher show up. And when he needs to show up, he'll show up. Even if it's on two days rest? Who cares? That's a him problem? That's a him problem. So you're going to tear up his arm in two days rest? Oh my gosh. And All this watch talk the about pitch ten- count. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're going to tear up his arm. Yeah. Whatever. All right. Anyway. So relegation. Babies. Relegation in baseball is the perfect example and hey, frankly hey, guess the what? perfect guess league what? that America system, should do this. Guess what? If you went to this system and you only had 126 games, that's 40 games less that they're they're pitching now. So that's your, safer for their arm. Your pitch count would probably be close to the same. If you went to relegation and had the the the, the playoffs as if you went to 163 games, you're saving pitches. But the problem that that I think is is really going on is you know these, what? Okay. Hold on. Hold on. These these pitchers are the science or so-called science behind how much they can throw in how many days. It's way overblown. And it's because of the money. It's because you have a $100 million investment and you want to make sure that investment goes. Why are we signing 12 and 15-year contracts? Nobody can play that long. Ten-year contract. Very few can play that long. I mean, well, they can play, but they're not going to be any good, right? And especially in a sport that guarantees your money. When you sign a ten-year contract, you're getting that money. So it's kind of like the the Gilbert Ariza or uh, Gilbert Arenas. Gilbert Arenas of Bobby Bonilla is still being paid by the Mets. He signed like a forty-year extension uh, or something restructure. Forty million dollar deal that was one million dollars for forty years. He's a smart guy. That was the best decision that dude ever made. Because every year he gets a million dollars from the Met. I don't know what he's like as a person, but I like him for that decision. Yes. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's... That's savvy. It's savvy. Oh, uh, no, yeah, yeah, it's $40 million, sure. Just pay me over the next 40 years, $1 million each year. And you know what? In the real scheme of things, that's chump change to the Mets. Right. That's an operational cost. That was a restructuring so they could sign someone else. Absolutely. And it, it, was, a, it was a triple win. Win, win, win. Except the Mets didn't win. Uh, Mets never win. All right. So promotion and relegation, it will come up frequently between us. Uh, we believe in it and wish that we could sway somehow. Hashtag, the Ameri- hashtag be the change. <laughs> hashtag relegation. Hashtag be the change. Hashtag relegation. Hashtag who needs 163 games? Two, 162. Whatever. It's so many I can't even remember how many. 
you don't even know when they started or ended. So Pitchers report in February. Yes, they do. Early. Early February. Yeah, let's take care of their arms. You show up early. You show up earlier than everybody because we need to protect you. So you're playing from end of January to the beginning of November. Yeah. If your team's in the World yeah, Series. Way to go. Yeah, we're, we value you. All right. Anyhow, so let's wrap up. What did we talk about today? We talked about different kinds of mountain biking. We talked about McDonald's Coke. We talked about... Condiments. Condiments. We talked about stealth gear. We talked about... Uh, what what, is, what else was there? I think that's about it. That's about it. I think that, you know, that, you know, obviously, pick something different to put on your sandwich other than pickles and ketchup. And we've moved on as a society. If you're going to carry a gun, carry it the right way. Get a stealth gear holster. And uh, obviously, if you like mountain biking, there's a lot of different options for you to do in mountain biking. You don't have to just go crazy downhill. You can take nice leisurely rides through the mountains. You can. Uh, there's all sorts of styles of mountain bikes out there for you. It's like skiing. There's all sorts of levels, green, blue, black as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, get out there and enjoy the, the good weather. We're coming into prime mountain biking season, in my opinion, where the the mornings and the evenings are, are crisp and the afternoons are, are perfect on a sunny day. So get out there and take advantage of the beautiful nature around you. All right. Scouting report for next episode. Next episode, episode three. We're going to talk about family tents. Um, have you been camping this year? Speaking of family tents? I have not currently been camping okay. yet. All right. But, yes, that's not something that you don't sleep will in be tents. in my wheelhouse. You sleep in tents? Not generally. Okay. Uh, we'll also talk about the MLS playoffs. That's going to be our outside the box. Yeah. Uh, playoffs in, in soccer. soccer. Well, it's soccer. So you can have playoffs in soccer. We just don't usually do playoffs in football. This is correct. We're also going to talk about some other things people would like to know. We'll probably make those a surprise every week. And I think we're going to start doing green side up, brown side down. Yes, I like that. Green side up and brown side down. So, Come next week expecting a, uh, a, a green side up, a green side up, brown side down segment. Um, if you'd like to hear us talk about anything specifically, if you want to know our opinion on a piece of gear or uh, a sporting topic, you know, make sure you you tweet at us at uh, at green side up show at green side up show, and you can visit us at uh, greensideupshow.com. Yes, you can. We'll catch up for real with. Uh, um, Somebody special next episode, and uh, he has an animal Is that. An animal? Yes, he does. He has a pet animal that we'll, we will ask him about. Nice. I'm excited about this guy. Oh yeah, yeah. No, this is a. Uh, you know, we moved out. We we left the city, sort of speak, quote unquote. When we left Taylorsville, we've moved out to the country, and uh, we have some land now. And uh, the one thing that is uh, that's always a hot topic when people find out we have some lound is uh is if we have livestock and uh we're gonna catch up with we're gonna catch up with mitch next time and see how his uh his bovine norman is doing if you know what i mean all right thanks for joining us this has been green side up hit us up on twitter find us on the website i'm max field and remember green side up, up.